1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: 205 DGS. It's actually pretty out there. Enjoy it while we can. Um, Why would I have to say that? Why would I have to go negative on it? (laughs) I mean, it is that time of year. It's going to be ripped away at any moment. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What
0: are we going to do? We could do Throwback Thursday if you'd like. Oh, yes. Before we do Throwback Thursday, though, I would like to share a tweet that I saw that I thought was extremely funny and true. Uh, This person said, we had 24-hour Walmarts and $1 McChickens, dot, dot, dot. We had it all. (laughs)
3: When we did. <laughs> we did. At one point, everything
2: yeah. was golden. We had that <laughs> moment in the
4: sun. <laughs> Stay golden, pony boy.
2: When in, uh, before we get to throwback Thursday, since you brought that up, when in your lives, because we're all different ages, different generations, not your life, like, oh, man, I was knocking them dead when I was, you know, but like the world, when would you say we kind of hit our pinnacle?
5: Hmm.
3: Ooh.
2: Like That's for me, question. probably mid-90s. After the the Gulf War stuff,
0: in my lifetime it was like two thousand ten and eleven. I feel like,
3: yeah, that early, was the
0: world felt good. You early, know,
3: early twenty teens, right
0: before smartphones really hit and everybody had one, mm. and it was still like you were still kind of blissfully ignorant of most things, mm-hmm. but you still had all these modern technologies. It was nice.
3: Sending a text was still like a, th- and receiving text was still like yeah. a it was thing exciting. Instead of like, oh, I send six hundred text messages a day. It's the only <laughs> way I communicate with people anymore. Yeah.
2: Wheels, how about you?
4: I, I don't know. I have a hard time differentiating. It feels like mid '80s through the mid '90s was all pretty sweet. I mean, so, so yeah, you so had the every, first you everything
2: had the f- pre-social media for me. I'll take it.
4: Yeah, I mean, like to me, the the line is pre-nine eleven. Like that's kind of my world line where like you know our parents it's JFK right there's a line before and a line after it's kind of like when the world changed it mm-hmm. didn't cause every change but it's like that's when it started you know you had everything all the social disruption after that in the united states vietnam and 911 was kind of that line in the sand for us but man all i could pick anything in the 80s and 90s and i'm not talking about for me like you said because a lot of that i was a kid i didn't really have any control but things weren't not i mean like the first gulf war was a thing but how big a thing was it for the majority of the country? It's a big deal if you were over there, you know, if you were if you were one of the people that was sent over there to, you know, conduct military actions. I mean, that's a thing for you, but it wasn't a thing for the rest of the country. There was no sacrifice here. There was no, you know, major fear. There was no nothing like that. It's like, well, we're going to go over there and kick their asses. See you guys in a few weeks. That's how it was treated at the
2: time. This is... Uh- <clears throat> pardon me going to be kind of like what I said about hey it's sunny enjoy it while you can because it's a, a dour view on humanity my 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 fellow you know members of my species but I think social media is one of the worst things to happen to humanity ever ever and I what the way I look at it is I think it's two things I think that social media has brought out the worst in us Not every single person, but overall, I think that from the darkness, the racism, the hatred, and even just the performative nature of it that I've talked about earlier in the week, that everyone's out there doing bathroom humor jokes. It just, we've all kind of lost our minds and how do I describe it? I probably don't need to describe it, uh, but it it just it it's made the world seem worse. I didn't know. I didn't need to know this much about all of you. Mm. And I'm not on social media, so I'm one of the few people, but I do a four hour show every day. I don't think you need to know that much about me. I think we know too much about each other. I think that it, it's like dogs. There's a, a certain number of dogs that can be in a pin at the same time where it's cool, it's play date, and then you put another dog in and they all start fighting. I don't. Th- I think we're just really smart animals. I think we're kind of the same, and I feel like the pin's too crowded through social media. We just know too much about each other. We don't like what we see, and it's just caused everything to seem fragile and dark. Maybe that's just my take, but I really truly think that uh, – Pre-social media, the world was just better. To me, the key
4: word I hear in there is seem, because I think you're right. It makes it feel like things are worse. But how many times have social media, how many times has it saved people's lives? where yeah. there's there's a there's a there's a natural disaster and you now know your per- somebody's alive or you know where they are and you can go get them I think I'll trade those I would not I, I I think that it's got the negatives are clear and they are real I don't I would not deny the negatives of social media they absolutely exist but there's a trade-off I mean some of it is not as much of a necessity here as it is in other parts of the world how were people protesting in China because you can't outright so they were using social media tools to do that uh, because that's the only way you can do it without getting into trouble. I mean, I, I think it, it. when you think about the other things too, like how many people has it brought together? How many times have, and, and again, it goes bad and good, but there have been people who commit crimes who have been found because of social media.
2: Yeah, I'd trade all that.
4: I wouldn't. I, I think. I, I think I'm not saying it's net neutral, I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad in the in in the end. Because but we can to, make to, that argument for me, literally every innovation in history. It's
2: probably a ham-fisted analogy, but to me, it's like, social media has given us cancer. And we have stage three and a half cancer. But, it's made it easier to clip our toenails. It's that kind of a mm. thing. That, it it to me, it's made this pervasive darkness, weirdness, uh, that, and again, Everyone has their own perception of it. Some people it's the greatest thing ever to happen to them. But through my eyeballs, which are the only eyeballs I ever see through, uh, it just has made the world worse.
4: I get is it a valid question of me to ask is that your opinion because you're not on there? I mean you're not on Twitter, you're not on Facebook, you're on TikTok but you I mean not like you're not producing, you know, you're not a well, participant in it.
2: My guess and what you guys have told me is that I'm lucky that I'm not, and I would feel even worse if I were. <laughs> In a lot of yeah. ways you are. So uh, I can only imagine that unless I were to go viral and become a multi-multi-millionaire influencer, then I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I would think the more involved with it I would be, the the more yuck I would think it was. I'm one of the few people who
3: I feel like there's a lot about social media that I still enjoy. I mean I, I use it primarily because I enjoy it. Maybe that's addiction talking. But I also to someone who is not on social media and doesn't have any presence like like yourself, Dave, I would not I would not recommend it. I wouldn't you know, be like, oh you, you gotta what, get on Instagram it, it, and Twitter. If
2: I were listening to me right now, I would I would say, Okay, Dave, I listen to the show, I, I know quite a bit about your life. I know the only social media platform you have is TikTok. So stop using it. My answer to that would be I know a lot of people who smoke cigarettes who would like to quit because it's yucky and stinky and it gives you cancer, but they're addicted. And I know people who'd like to quit drinking alcohol or smoking pot or whatever, you know, whatever it is, overeating, but they don't because they're addicted. I can stand here and tell you to some level I'm addicted to the TikTok Mm -hmm. because I justified it because it gives me good content for the show, and it does, but I find myself doing it, and I never finish a TikTok session to feel better about myself for life. I feel worse, but... It's difficult not to pick up and use. So, to some degree, I'm as addicted as someone is to cigarettes or alcohol or eating or what have you. So, it's 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 easy to say, "Why don't you just not do it?"
4: I think mm-hmm. food might be a great analogy here, because food for some people is just food. They just eat. They don't, they don't have a problem with it. They're not going to overeat. They're not other people. I mean, I'll be I'm, I I eat for fun. I eat when I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, like I think. I think that might be our analogy is that some of the things that are about perception where social media may be as much of a mirror as it is um, its own thing. Right. Two,
2: two. And here's something that's uh, a bit personal and vulnerable, but it's kind of what I do. Uh, Rach, you know, this and Andrew knows this, that I may not seem like it. But I'm not only a sensitive person, I'm a pathologically overly sensitive person, not just like interacting and oh, boohoo, you hurt my feelings, but just like the environment in the world and mm-hmm. life. Yeah. I mm-hmm. tend to take things in more than most people, and I tend to take them more seriously and chew on them and roll them around in my hand, uh, and I'm jealous of people. Who can just take in the world and go like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to go eat a salad or play, you know, boomerang. I just chew on things. And
0: I don't think you're alone, Dave, because I saw a study right before Christmas and it surveyed you know, like Gen Z and millennials and the majority of, of the kids that were surveyed or the young adults that were surveyed said, I would quit using social media if everyone else did or if you paid me to quit or if this or if this. And the the overwhelming sentiment was like, I just use it because I have fear of missing out. But I wish I could get this out of my life. Now it's one study, but I I mean, that's how I feel about social media. I would love to never use it ever again. Instagram in particular can make me feel... Very sad and very, uh, sometimes I just feel like ir- irrelevant or not good enough because what I'm seeing, I know it's a filtered manufactured thing, but it's so different from my reality that I'm just like, I just don't feel like I fit and in you're here. You're
2: very mature, old for your age, right. like, 32-year-old I, I know what
0: the score is yeah. and I still have these thoughts yeah. and feelings. Yeah. And But I mean, I, I have to do certain things for my job and I want to be plugged in for my job, but... I think a lot of people are in the same boat as, you know, what you and I are expressing right now, which is like, I just do it because everyone else is doing it and I don't want to be the only one not doing it.
4: It's fair, but if you go back 30 years, 35, 40 years, you would have no contact with other people that felt the same way you did if they weren't immediately in your life. I miss that. I mean, right, but if you just put it as a person that is dealing with. Um, anxiety and depression, and they don't know what's wrong with them, and they're not getting any answers from doctors or from psychologists. And they're like, "This is me. It's only me. I don't, I don't know anybody else that's like this. What's wrong with me?" You now know that you're not alone.
2: No, I don't doubt that. You there now have community.
4: This is my point: is I agree, the bad things are absolutely real and they absolutely exist, and I'm not sure that they outweigh the good. But I think we spend way more time looking at the bad because we feel those immediately. Versus people who say, I actually have a community that I wouldn't have otherwise, if not for whatever it is. It might be Facebook. It might be TikTok, whatever. But I don't, I, I don't know anybody in my life directly that deals with what I deal with. But now I have all these people. And we can share in that. And now we don't feel like we're lost or alone or, you know, unconnected to the world. We have something. And that's just one example. I mean, you can use uh, the examples of how, fa- again, how fast news can break. If there's a natural disaster, if there's a school shooter, I mean, where do schools go now when a shooting happens? They go immediately to Twitter and they put it out there on their accounts because the students will get it right away because everybody that's on that campus is on there.
2: Well, I tend to think that there is almost nothing in the world that's inherently bad or evil. You know, Hmm. like let's take cannabis. Uh, there are people who can use it for their anxiety, mm-hmm. and they feel much better. Yeah. There are people who are going through chemotherapy, and they feel much better. Uh, there are people who just use it recreationally, and it's not a problem. Then yeah. there are people who, like, dive down into it, and it becomes a problem. Yeah. Uh, food, name anything. Yeah, I believe yeah. social media is the same, yep. but it's as if my perception that... Everyone who uses cannabis is stoned out of their mind all the time <laughs> driving a car. <laughs> and,
0: and the thing is, social media hasn't been yeah. around long enough for us to S- so true. see yeah. the actual effects of it. Yep. And, I, so and I firmly believe, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I do believe that in 10, 15, 20 years, studies are going to come out showing this is really, 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 really bad for you. You know, staring at your phone and getting that screen time alert that said you spent seven hours of your life on your phone today. That's actually terrible for you But we just we are all doing it I think we're all in denial and all Unwilling to admit the predicament Right before I walked
2: in here and that's not why I brought it up It's just coincidence Right before I walked in here I was in with our boss Steve Moore and he was talking About we had a meeting about our social media Presence and it's not enough and we need To do more posting we need to do this we need to do that For our business You have to do it to survive and for a lot of people almost out there listening right now, now yeah. they mm-hmm. have to do it to survive. Yeah, But just like and if, and what we're talking about, whether it's pot or donuts or you name pretty much anything under the sun. And I, and I, and I do agree that we're so new with it that it's almost like a kid that got a new skateboard. Yeah, well, I mean, mm-hmm. like every technological
4: advance has had this response from society. People were blaming radio for the decline in business getting done because it was distracting people and people blamed what what's, what's all this TV going to do to generation x are they going to be able to come through it everything that comes has that because they are unknown and you, what you don't know for what 50 60 100 years sometimes what the net effect will in, eventually be
2: to go 225, DGS, Solving the World's Problems, One at a Time, uh, Throwback Thursday, Rach.
0: Yes, Throwback Thursday, 128 years ago in 1896, Utah was admitted as the 45th state, but only after the Mormons agreed to outlaw polygamy. Oh,
2: Mormons. I didn't know that was a <laughs> caveat to the to I Utah go to becoming Utah. a state. Nick went out and, and camped in the Canyonlands a couple years ago. That looks cool.
3: Like uh, like Zion? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fifty-seven years ago in nineteen sixty-seven, the Doors released their self-titled debut album featuring Light My Fire and
2: The End.
4: Ruling on the Doors. Sucks. Not my Sucks.
2: favorite. Really?
4: Yeah. I'm not, I'm more neutral. Like i are not my favorites, but I'm like, all hey, right. You know, they're songs. one of those
2: bands where I go, I see what you're doing, and I get why people like you. It's just not my currency. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm kind
4: of that. Like I like 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 them, but if you looked at my iTunes or whatever, you might see four
2: songs you of know, theirs. You know what though? I mean, I can admit this. My musical taste from the 60s, 70s, 80s, all the way through now, uh, I kind of like pop rock. I just do. Because I grew up on the Beatles and the early Beatles. I didn't even like the late Beatles for a long time because it was like minor chords and violins. (laughs) And they're (laughs) they're singing about walruses. (laughs) So something like The Doors, it's kind of droney. I gotcha, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: 40 years ago, in 1984, the classic sitcom Night Court premiered on NBC.
4: I really liked that show. It was as good as the new one is as bad. What what year did you say that was? 1984. Well, I mean, I was 13, so I didn't know very well, (laughs) but I I thought that
2: show was hilarious. Yeah.
0: 25 years ago in 1999, the euro was adopted as a single currency in Europe by 11 countries. Just
3: 1999?
0: That's what it says, 25 years ago.
3: So was it just like, does the pound still exist, or is it just euro?
0: Yeah, the pound still exists. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Are they like... (laughs) I don't understand when how you, all that works. Well, yeah, like when you go to the store in in London, can you pay with a euro or a pound? And like, like I just I don't know. It's, I don't know either. It that's was adopted confusing.
0: by 11 countries, so I don't know if I don't know if England adopted it because
4: oh, that's still true. using right. pounds, Yeah, so. you're right. They still use the. Old I've got school.
2: something that I could Google easily and find out the answer and not look stupid. But I'll ask the question on the other side of the break.
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: 234 DGS, we say Happy New Year to our friend, Senator Jim Talent. Jim, uh, great talk to you, my friend.
5: Yeah, Happy New Year to you and yours.
2: How was the holiday for uh, for you and your lovely wife?
5: It was fine until we both came down with this. Or a respiratory virus, or as I call it, the creeping crud. Oh,
2: is this so, like the 100-day cough thing that people are getting or RSV?
5: Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't go to the doctor to get it diagnosed, but I did spend most of um, Tuesday or Monday, Tuesday, and part of Wednesday uh, pretty much in bed.
2: Oh, man. That sucks. Sorry to hear that.
5: Um, well, uh, that's the mistake you get for asking how somebody's doing. You know, really you. <laughs>
2: that's by asking an honest man. That's right. Uh, by the way, and I don't just say this because I like you and it's a new year, but God, I wish you were in politics still. I, I mean, we need more gym talents.
5: Well, I don't. So, But I'm glad you do. No, um, there are times. I don't blame you. There are times. Uh, when I see something happening like during the pandemic and don't get me going on a rant about uh the pandemic policies that were followed in a lot of places. There are some times I wish I was back, but you know, there's a time for everything. Um that's uh what was that? Who did that? The turtles or something fifty years yes. ago, a season for everything? I think it's also in the Bible. Well, you know, he, and he,
2: um here's the thing, and uh people will try to figure out my politics or tell me what my politics is, and here's what it comes down to. You're a very religious, devout Christian. I'm an agnostic. You're far more conservative than I am. I would appoint you uh, president for life because you're honest, you're smart, you're reasonable, and you listen to others. And I feel like that's what we've been missing the last, even pre-Trump, is is that sort of quiet, sober statesman-like, let's take our time here. Not a bunch of people who are trying out for let's make a
5: deal. Well, Dave, I don't know what to say. I mean, that was so complimentary. Uh I don't know. I um I just uh, always tried to um be upfront with people and to be intelligent. You know, I I think a lot of it has to do with I mean, I do like people. You know, I mean, I say, uh, I I like meeting different people. I don't think because somebody has even diametrically opposed political views to mine that they're therefore um you know terrible people. As a matter of fact, my formative years as a politician would spend in the legislature and uh I made great friends on the other side of the aisle, which, you know, I cherish to this day. And maybe that colored my outlook going forward. But that's it's nice of you to say that.
2: Yeah, well, I, I mean it. Um, OK, let's talk. Uh, you take us where you want. But let's start out with what happened the last couple of days in Iran, what we're learning and what it means to uh, to us.
5: You mean the um, the in taking Lebanon. out of Lebanon? The- yes. Yes. Oh, Lebanon. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised, because the Israelis said weeks ago that they were going to hunt down the leaders of Hamas wherever they were, and there's a whole lot of them in Lebanon. There were more of them in, in, in Gaza than there are now, because they packed up and left for parts unknown. I imagine Mossad will track them down. Look, I mean, and I said for years when I was in office that uh, the more isolated and threatened Israel felt, the more likely they were, quite appropriately, to strike back to the limit of their power. Um, you know, the Israel was born in the ashes of the Holocaust, and the one thing that the Jewish people resolved at that point was that they were not going to get herded onto the railway cars again. They were going to fight, and that's what they're doing now. And uh, we're looking at a real possibility of a spreading regional war if they go after Hezbollah in Lebanon. Not that I would blame them. Now, from our perspective, Dave, deterrence, you always understand, deterrence is a combination of power plus intention. So our power has been declining militarily relative to threats for years. And frankly, our policy the last few years has been one of weakness, particularly in the Middle East. I mean, the attempt to construct an equilibrium in the Middle East around a partnership with Iran is lunacy. And when we launched on that three years ago, when the president did that, I mean, it, it, the message it sent, the adversaries, the friends, and everybody was: that we don't have any idea of what our real interests are.
2: Jim, do you think yeah, that? I'm, I'm uh, do you think that a president like Joe Biden uh, has the best of intentions? He just may be a bit Pollyannish. Uh, about being able to work things out through diplomacy without the big stick of uh, the military? Or do you think it's something a little more sinister than that? Not that he's a bad guy or anything, but just that, oh, no, no, it's not just an honest dis- disagreement. He, th- The Democrats really have it all, you know, ass backwards.
5: Well, uh, there aren't many politicians of whom I would say that they have the best of intentions. I mean, you know, we're just like everybody else. I don't think Joe Biden gets up in the morning and says, oh, how can I hurt the security of the United States today? OK, I just think that, that during the uh, Obama administration, they plugged into this idea that you could turn and they said that you could turn Iran into a responsible regional actor, which we can't because it's not what Iran wants to be, not under the leadership of the Ayatollahs. I mean, th- their explicit goal is to destroy their enemies. Which includes Israel, it includes the United States, and by the way, it includes most of the Arab world. Which is why the Saudis and the Gulf states and the Egyptians and the Jordanians—they uh, believe they're properly their number one. Threat in Iran. So, how do you construct, you know, a security arrangement based on a partnership with them? It was never going to work. And um, you know, when Trump left office, we had the Abraham Accords going. Uh, We had a relatively peaceful Middle East and we had a prospect for regional peace and now we've gone completely in the other direction.
2: What do you think it was about Donald Trump that worked when it came to the foreign affairs as you're speaking about and the border?
5: Well, I think Trump has a basic understanding that one, you try and approach the world from a position of strength, economic and military strength. Number two, that you work with... Define your friends as the countries who have powerful interests in common with you. Okay, and those are the bright strategic insights. If you can, you can mess up tactically, which he did on some occasions. But over the time, you're going to, and he, you know, I, 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 he dragged us into the... university. Where,
2: yeah, I think we lost Jim there. Mm.
4: Making a good point.
2: Yeah. You had a good point. It is fascinating. Bad phone connection. Yeah. It's
4: fascinating. The whole, like the Iran thing is fascinating to me now, right? Where they're the ones that are funding Hamas, Hezbollah. They're fomenting aggression under the table, right? And yet when they get attacked by somebody, essentially because ISIS turns out was the ones that attacked them, they now are like, well, we need to go fight. This. Well, you know, they're just fighting you the way that you are handling things around with your, quote unquote, enemies. Right. And I was always wondering, like, do, do diplomats like go around and like, see, what do, you, what do you think about it? How do you like it when it's happening to you? How do you like it when these these, non, these non-nations, these entities that are not nations are the ones attacking you? and coming at you in the same way that you fund other groups to attack the United States, Israel, whatever.
2: Are, are you guys a bit surprised? I'm not a military guy at all. Uh, and I, I I think everyone knows how supportive I am of the military. I'm just, I've never been in the military. So I don't have uh, a foot to stand on, like to stand on to, to talk in any way as an expert. But I'm a little surprised that we're still struggling so much to deal with how to deal with these aggressors who don't wear uniforms and carry a flag. Um, I get it. That's a big problem, right? It's much easier to all you know line up on a field and we're gonna shoot at you and you're gonna shoot at us and uh, may the best side win. you know, let's fight a war with honor and here's my sword and we surrender and we're gonna sign a peace treaty. Uh, that's not what these guys do. I get that. But we figured out a lot of stuff and we still seem to be just stymied by this. I don't have an answer, but.
4: Yeah, I'm like you. I have no experience in it. But the way I understand it from reading is the problem is that they're scattered in sovereign nations and you can't just go where you want to go. Right. I mean, without declaring war, without it becoming a bigger thing, you can't just be like, well. They're hiding in Afghanistan, so we're just going to go there and take them out. Or or you could there because we were actually taking an action, right? But the people that slipped over into the side on Pakistan, you're risking a massive international incident with all kinds of repercussions
2: if you cross that border and get caught. I, I said it's got to be 10 years ago. It might have been 12 years ago. And it caused a kerfuffle. People didn't like it. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. But I said about 10 or 12 years ago, uh, we need like an army of ninjas. Like, we need to have—let's if, if let's just say that our military is 90% regular and 10% special ops. It's probably even less than that. Let's have it 50-50. That maybe we just need, need to perfect the art of fighting, quote-unquote, dirty. That if you're going to literally uh, have your headquarters in hospitals and hide behind women and children, then maybe we just need to— Uh, increase the number of Black Ops special forces we have that will just go in in the middle of the night, ruin your day, and get back out. Maybe that's what we need to do. Let them know, like, okay, we're going to fight the way you're fighting, and we have trillions of dollars behind us to do it, and we're better at it, and we're smarter, we're better equipped, and we're going to lower our standards, which it would be. But if you're like a lineman in a football game, and the guy across from you is grabbing your face mask and holding your jersey and the refs aren't calling it, what are you going to do? Just get beat on every play,
4: boy. So diplomatically, then how do you assert moral, moral justice? Yeah. Like, how, how do you then tell China, no, 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 you guys got to play fair? I don't know. Maybe right. you don't because we, you, you, you know, one of the things that but I maybe think, you lie. one of the things that is our strength is that we, we don't always, but we want to be upfront about what we're doing. If we're coming in, we're coming in. Right, we're going to Afghanistan. We're going to Af- Iraq. We may not do it the right way. We may fudge some things. We, but we're saying here we are, we're coming, and that's the difference between us and terrorist groups. If you just start doing everything on the slide, and I'm not. Look, we can't be naive. Things are happening like you're describing, right? I mean, there's we, we've had movies about it. How do you think they got Osama bin Laden? Right? They didn't get him by just like sending a platoon over. Right, right. So that stuff exists, but if you expand it too I far, wish we'd do more of it. But- I mean, boy. You know, it's the same idea that I have about the, the the justice system. I mean, you gotta prove your case. You can't just feel it or believe it. You gotta prove that you're getting who did it. And boy, does it get murky. That's what I hate by the way. It's what I hated about Obama and the drones. How do you know for sure you're getting the bad guys and only the bad guys and not getting people that didn't do anything wrong when you're doing everything from a distance like that? Well, it's a tough call, but God, I wish it could be your way.
2: 51 DGS. Okay, back to that dumb question I had. Maybe we should do this and, and call it like, I know I could Google it or something, but I could. I could Google this and have the answer in 10 seconds. Right? Uh, like asking dumb questions. <laughs> uh, the Atlantic, the Pacific, the Indian Ocean, all these huge bodies of water. There's a point on a map where this sea becomes that sea. Is that arbitrary? Is that something that men just said From here on, it's the Indian Ocean. Or is there something chemical uh, different about the water where if you were at the point where one ocean becomes another ocean, would those two seas clash? And you go, oh, I can see why that's the Pacific and that's the Atlantic. Those are two different bodies of water. Or is it the Indian Ocean and the Pacific and the Atlantic? They're all the same. They're all chemically exactly the same. It's
3: just that we have drawn lines on the map like we have with the states. I had thought it was based on currents. That's what I always thought. I had always thought that it's based on the currents move in this, like, uh, one ocean's currents move this way, the others move this way. And there is a point where the currents kind of start to shift. And then that's about where the line is. It's as good an answer as I've
4: had. Did people who made the names back in the day know that? That's a good question too cuz i'm guessing it's more the first one kind of like we do and i haven't googled it but kind of like we've done with maps i mean we just decided where borders were sometimes it's because there's a mountain range and sometimes it's because there's a body of water sometimes we just like nope that's the line and we decided that's the line between sweden and you know finland or whatever um my guess would be the first but mm. i know i know that there are spots in the ocean that we've i mean i've seen some of the videos where the water is actually different right at one point. Like, you could see the difference in the color. Almost and like oil and water. Yes, yes. Like, they were separate. Like, they have
3: different level of salinity. Geologically, do you want the actual, sure. like... Yeah. To, this is according to Wikipedia. Geologically, an ocean is an area of oceanic crust that is covered by water. And the major oceanic divisions are defined in part by uh, uh, relation to continents, various archipelagos, other criteria... So it may have as much to do with the Earth's
2: crust as it does the water above it.
3: Yes, but it's also, yeah, it's a little unclear on, on exactly what, on I exactly Rachel, what. I'm, gonna, the,
0: I'm just looking it up for myself <laughs> over here.
3: You're a fast typer.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I, I score yeah. pretty high with Mavis Beacon. It sounds
3: like, <laughs> it sounds like I sound when I'm like fake typing. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Click clickety, 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 how are the oceans divided? Um, let's see. Climate, weather, what separates them? Uh, uh, these divisions are based on the boundaries of the continents and the flow of ocean currents, which help distinguish the bodies of water. So there we it's, go. it's a combination of the currents and then but where they are. But it's not like Wheels was saying to... that some
2: bodies of water are. It's not like a, car, a Bugs Bunny cartoon where you're in one sea and you go, look, it's a different color.
3: I would imagine, yeah, I would imagine you wouldn't even be able to notice unless you are We tracking should do this every day. Like,
2: like <laughs> Where we Google Where something we, on Twitter. we air. talk
3: about it first and then search yeah. it out? Yeah, I mean,
2: I would be curious to know how many people in the listening audience
3: knew that. And it's fun to it's fun to be like, well, I obviously assumed it was this. And then you look it up and you're like, oh, I was like, oh, ah, look at this. The name Arctic comes from the Greek word
4: arktikos, which means near the bear. You made that up. Nope. I'm looking at it right now. It's on... OceanConservancy.org
0: Near the bear.
4: That's what it means. Like
3: polar bear, I
0: guess.
4: Yep. Uh well, I guess it's it's constellations. The Ursa major.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> polar bear. I
4: didn't know that. I just looked at the screen when I, when you know, I asked that.
2: I am not a big conspiracy theory guy, but I love them. And I love the ones about the old maps of like Antarctica before we had discovered it. Yeah.
3: You know? Just people totally guessing what they think might be up there. Yeah. <laughs> up there. Over there? Down there. Down there. Down there. Down there, at the bottom. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> you can take, take a little break. <laughs> <laughs> well, where does Santa live? Okay? Where the
2: Atlantic name come from? There's our segment, Google versus Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a
4: great segment. The Atlantic Ocean is well, named after, it all. after Atlas,
3: the Greek Titan. I didn't know that. How did I not know
0: that? We're learning so much.
3: Pacific means peaceful sea. He's about to bring up the Wheeler Ocean. What really like, oh, intrigues yeah. me. Is
2: like that's intriguing, but what really intrigues me is when we first develop language, who is the guy that held up a rock and went rock?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Rock, right? Because it had to happen, had to happen, Kevin. You had something on this, didn't you? What? Oh, no, wait, we, I'm sorry, we have to break (laughs) because Kevin, you had audio about like the origin of radio professionals. (laughs) We talked, we did that a long time ago, yeah, but it was relevant,
1: yeah.